Tune into the American dream. Throw the fist up one time for the team. 17 band is about to make it 18. Threes up, C's up, rep if you bleed green. Two J's on them. You know the game ain't the same. Play dumb, I'ma get smart on them. Man to man, two, three, a three, two zone. It really don't matter when we send that ass home. It's C-Breeze time. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? I'm your host, Wayne Breezy, and we have a very, very special guest, my man from the Celtics Blog Podcast and everything Celtics. I just wanted to call you everything Celtics. I feel like that's that's what you do. You eat, you drink, you sleep, uh, and you do the other thing with the Celtics, man. Adam Taylor, NBA, is on here. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome Adam Taylor, NBA. What's going on, brother? Yo, what's good, bro, man? Thank you for having me. It's uh, it's funny being on your show. You've been on mine a few. Oh, with the applause, dude. With the <laughs> applause. What can I say? It's weird, man. You've been on, been on a few shows with me, man. Being back on with you is uh, it's dope. Being seeing you crushing this stuff, man. Well, hello, yeah. everybody listening live, watching later. Um, yo, Wayne, man, you're crushing it, man. What's up, bro? I appreciate it, man. And it's funny because you're the one that got me into this. You know what I'm saying? You were like, yo. Breezy, need that energy, let's go. And I was learning. I was a young pup, wet behind the ears, you know, thinking I could come on and just do this. I learned so much from you, bro, and I continue to learn from you. So keep up the great work, and we truly appreciate all the content that you bring to the Celtics Nation and everything else, man. So make sure you guys are following him on his Twitter handle. That's Adam Taylor NBA. So at Adam, Adam Taylor NBA, go ahead and give him a follow. Before we get the show started, let's get through right through these formalities super quickly. Show's not going to be long. We got Adams, he's going to break down three things for us. We're going to talk about DeJounte Murray, and we're going to get on up out of here. But subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's youtube.com backslash Wayne Breezy. You can also follow us and subscribe to us on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash Wayne Breezy. If you have an Amazon Prime account, please use your Amazon Prime account, and you can subscribe to the Twitch channel for free. That's capital F-R-E-E. Doesn't cost you a thing. You can also like and follow us on facebook.com backslash Wayne Breezy. So please go ahead and do that, and it'll be awesome. Adam, I'm glad that you're here because no one can break down the breakdowns like you, brother. So are you ready to get into this show? Yeah, I'm always up to talk some basketball, man. So whatever you need from me, I'm happy to do it. I love I love the basketball talk, all right? Shout out to my co-host, the queen, who is currently at work right now. So we're actually filming during a time where she couldn't be on the show. But usually on our regular schedule, 7 p.m. start, she is here in the front seat, ready to go and go at me on everything I say. She goes against everything I say. That's why I love her. You know what I'm saying? Like, she just... <laughs> It's not, I don't, I disagree, you know, and so it's, it's awesome. Shout out to everybody that's watching DJ Malone, God Beats, Blue Cat 31, YT, what's going on? Uh, truly appreciate John V. Thank you guys for tuning in to this Celtics podcast. But listen, Celtics hired a new coach, uh, a new assistant coach, I guess that's what you can call it, or a developmental player coach. However, you want to title him, he's going to be a coach for the Celtics. We got my man, all right, Aaron Miles, uh, who is going to be joining the staff. Adam, why don't you tell us a little bit? about who he is and do you like this hire yay nay yeah so i'm gonna give it a big thumbs up um so aaron miles comes from golden state Another warriors one. 
he's done two <laughs> yo the, these sand boys are killing me dude um he comes from two years of the golden state warriors as a, a an assistant player development coach before then he had two years with the santa cruz warriors the g league team as a head coach uh, he's been working, you know, if you look at what Golden State have been able to do with some of their late round picks, um, Kevin Looney being one of those guys, um, and the way they've developed some of these young players over the last few years, then Aaron Miles is going to have a bit of a, a, bit of a hand in their development. He also played, um, I think he played G League with Udoka. He's from um, Portland, which is that Portland tie that Udoka is trying to lean into a little bit with some of his coaching hires and again he had one year of NBA experience with Golden State back in 06 I think it was so he's definitely going to be a relatable presence on the roster somebody that can speak to these players with a young vibrant voice that from a position of experience having been in and around the league as both a player and a coach for a few years definitely experienced I think it's a good hire I do. I And I agree with you 100%. Listen, guys, he's a guy that can connect to the players and help development some of these young players. And I think one of the players we spoke about a little bit earlier today, we talked about one player that we would like to see develop just a lot a bit more, right? And his name is Grant Williams. And we feel like this is the type of hire that you you bring in to develop a player like Grant Williams and all the other young players, Aaron Neesmith, you know, uh, uh, Romeo Langford, guys like that, Peyton Pritchard, guys that can con- continue to get better as they grow, right? And the longer they're in this system, which is going to be a new system. Speaking of system, how different are the systems going to be this year? Are the Celtics going to have a like a super 360, have to learn a whole different type of style of basketball? Or do you think they'll be able to, you know, is it going to be sort of somewhat similar and then, bam, more defense? Yeah, man, I think the um, the foundational pieces of the system are in place, you know. Um, you're developing Jalen Brown, you're developing Jason Tatum, both as playmakers. I think you continue to do that. Um, I wrote a piece that came out on Celtics blog earlier today, just saying, like, um, if you look at, and Keith Smith had this before me, it was obviously his take, I just kind of elaborated on it more in written form. But if you look at the way that Phoenix kind of, persevered with Devin Booker as a playmaker during his early years and it was ugly at times and then it was nice at other times and now you look at his ability to orchestrate as a secondary playmaker for the Phoenix Suns this year then being able to do being able to get Jalen and Jason to that level is going to be integral from there I think it's going to be more about what you do off ball rather than what you do on ball Um, we saw a lot of these young guys a lot of these rotation guys just kind of find their spots and get glued you know like I'm I'm, this is my Corner. I'm on the weak side corner. I'm not moving until a shot gets put up. I think we're going to see a lot more um, back screening, a lot more um, play calling and more off-ball cutting just to open up some driving lanes and to give these guys that are developing as playmakers opportunities to actually start spotting secondary options and tri-sherry options because we know that the primary option is always going to be closed down primarily if you're Jason Tatum because teams are going to throw traps at you they're going to hedge you off the pick and roll so it's just putting these guys in a position to continue to improve and then defensively I think we get a throwback to the early Brad Stevens years it's going to be a lot more gritty I'm just not sold on whether they're going to continue with the switch system they might go more to a more traditional fight over everything man-to-man system and that's just something we're going to have to wait and see 
Yeah, and I'm super excited, man. Season be starting up soon. Practices will be starting up soon. They got to get through the G League, uh, the Summer League, excuse me. And we have Yam Nader, uh, Yam Ador, who's going to be joining. He's actually in the States right now, right? And so he's going to be working out and getting ready for the Summer League as from the last time I checked. And I think it's going to be amazing, right? Yeah, I mean, Yam Nader's coming over. Everybody seems super hyped. Um my biggest thing with Yamadar is, man, like, yeah, they, uh, Roy, they do have their moments when they move the ball, but you don't want it to be moments. You want consistency. Consistency breeds excellence. Everybody can have the one moment when you're absolutely excellent, but if you can't do that consistently, you're always going to fall behind the pack. Um, for Yamadar, I see everybody super excited. For me, he's coming from Israel. He's been playing against lesser level talent. I think people are looking at Denny Avija and, and the impact he had for Washington when he played this year coming from the same league and are hoping for a similar impact from Yamada. Uh, it's possible. I mean, you know, they, they put up similar numbers um, in Avija's last year in Israel and then Madagia this year. But I do think that until we see him against better competition with the I mean, look, we're talking about Summer League, dude. And when we're saying Summer League is going to be better competition for Yamada, that's probably going to be the best opposition he's played against. And that's Summer League. So he needs to at least be able to swim with those guys before you can start putting him into the ocean and ask him to try and deal with some of these sharks out there. So I I am excited for him, but I'm not as high on him as what uh, a lot of other people are just because I want to see how his game translates to the speed, pace and physicality of the NBA compared to the slower European. Game. I love it, man. And and I agree with that 100%. You know, I mean, he could be a breath of fresh air, you know, uh, but we don't know yet until we actually translate his game over into the to the NBA style. Different players, faster, stronger, more uh, skilled, athletic. You're going to see it's going to be different, but hopefully he's able to get in and we just ease him in. As far as his shooting... Is it is it better? Is it is it an addition? Because it looks like it gotten better. At least in that league, he looked like he'd be he can he can shoot the ball, especially from the corner. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the one thing to note is like um, European three point line and NBA three point line. There's a bit of a difference. Um, NBA is a further distance. For um, corners are corners. You know, it's your shortest distance on the three point line. It's always going to be one of your more gimme shots. Uh, I do think there'll be. For me, it's not so much about the shooting. Um, it's not so much about the shooting form. John got me laughing here. Um, it's not about the shooting form. It's about being able to deal with closeouts and being able to deal with closeouts of real athletic guys that can cover ground much quicker than what you're used to dealing with. Everybody can shoot. You know, if you're a professional basketball player, one of the, the basic remits is being able to shoot the ball, mm. being able to do so over a six foot eight super athletic wing that's closing out on you for dear life because he wants to get that block or he wants to shut you down that's when your shot percentages fall and that's why we see guys hitting shots all day long in an open gym put them in the nba carson edwards being a prime example and all of a sudden things just aren't falling because you need to get that timing right and that release point needs to be changed that little bit so i'm not worried about the shooting form or numbers but i do think that the um athleticism and speed of the nba is going to dictate how quickly madar can adapt to that and overcome that will dictate how successful he is early in his nba career very as well it goes with everybody very well said very well said and so guys you got a little tip on what uh madar is going to look like when he comes into the nba we're going to test him out in the summer league see how that works uh and then we're going to continue to move on let's transition into this other point guard shoot guard shooting guard out of san antonio uh dejounte murray on his twitter page 
Uh, this is what it shows in his Twitter page. And, and I think it got Celtics Nation all worked up. Now, if you can't see the green heart and the clover, I was already, he already had me at the green heart. But when you add the four-leaf clover, which is greater than a three-leaf clover, Adam, like that right there, what, what does this mean, Adam? For, in your words, how do you interpret this? He's trolling, bro. He knows what he's doing. <sighs> this is the same as tweeting out the eye emojis. Well, these guys, you know what I mean? These guys know what they're doing. They know what, what sort of response these things get. So, so he's looking to get attention. Yeah, he's just no. He knows there's already attention there. He knows that the Celtics media, Celtics fan base, are already throwing hypothetical trades left, right, and center. Why not feed into the fire just for your own, your own kind of like you know um, edification, just to find a little joke for yourself? I'd be doing that if I knew everybody wanted me in a certain team, regardless if if anything was going to happen. I'd be I'd be stoking those fires all day long. It's funny to these people. Man, he be playing with our emotions, Smokey. Yo, he I'm can't. <laughs> he can't come out here and just you know troll. Look, Celtics can't be, be playing play. with my emotions. Smokey. You get you get what I'm saying? Celtics, <laughs> Celtics on paper, technically they're point guardless. I guess unless you move Peyton Pritchard to the point guard spot, which is he is an, and I mean natural point guard positions. I'm not talking about moving guys from wings over to the point guard. I'm talking about you know. Uh, hypothetical since this is a hypothetical troll let's do some hypothetical scenarios all right let's say he wants out of san antonio okay and somehow he six four wingspan is six ten uh this kid was a first round pick to the san antonio spurs back in 2016 how first hype first hypothetical how can the celtics find a way to acquire him especially with the ties being to his coach his former coach, who's now the Celtics coach. Yeah, so I think, make sure I'm, am I on mute? No, yeah. Okay, so I think that the first thing to note is his contract's actually quite reasonable. Um, next season, he's going to be on 15.4 million. The year after, 16.5, then 17.7. So it's not like he's on ridiculous money. So that means, you know, you can package Tristan Thompson and somebody else to get you to that level and be he'd be acquirable now whether or not san antonio have any interest there um the rumor that the, the report that originally came out was san antonio would make murray available in discussions around the draft so that tells me that they're not looking for a tristian thompson they're they look that they, they want draft picks because this year's draft is so deep and so talented that you know if you want if you want to get out of this draft and you want somebody with league experience, here's, here's Murray guaranteed for another three years and we'll take that draft pick off your hands or a multitude of picks off your hands. So I don't think that vets are going to get this deal done. Um, I think that maybe Marcus Smart, if you know he weren't going to be sticking around uh, and then maybe a young guy. You can't say those words, Adam. You you can't you can't ever mention. Well, here's the thing, right? Like I, I'm like the, I'm like such a negative Nelly when it comes to like trades because I'm like, nope, that's no good. No, this isn't good. You've seen Murray, the light, yo, Murray. Like Murray is just another Marcus Smart. So Ooh. why trade? Why trade? He's a taller, more long, probably a bit more athletic version of Marcus Smart. Aren't they so the same what, height? Aren't they both six four? I think, yeah, but I think um, Murray's got a bigger wingspan. Oh, his wingspan is 16. Yeah, so like, um, for me, it's like, why give up the one that's already embedded in Celtics culture, um, enshrined in the fandom, you know, understands the system, is loved by the front office, the coaching staff, the players, the team, the fans. 
why trade him for a new guy that's going to give you similar production? I mean, I can reel off numbers for Javante Murray. Or did you, I can pronounce his first name. I mean, well, last but, season he averaged 15.7 points a game. He was shooting 45.3% from the field goal. Uh, averaged 7.1 rebounds, right? And and 5.4 assists. Can you get Marcus Smart's 2020 numbers? I mean, for me, it's like, yeah, we were talking about you averaged. What, what did he average from free? Uh, so I don't have that, but hold on, I got it. Okay, because I've so, got it here. All right, so from the three, he was averaging. Ugh. Go on, say it out loud. I, I don't want to. Say it out loud. Okay, I'm going to say it out loud. So 31% from the three point. Okay, more Was importantly. Smart, Mark is higher than that. Yeah, I think, or roughly, but the difference is. Okay, so the first thing you need to think about when you're talking about scoring gravity is players on the floor do not care what your shooting percentage is. They do not know when you're in the heat. I mean, they know, but like if me and you are playing pickup right now, all I know is Wayne's (laughs) going to shoot free. You know, Wayne shoots the free. So um, shooting attempts hold just as much gravity, if not more, than scoring percentage. Okay, so if you shoot 10 frees a game, but average 30%, Uh and... The guy next to you only shoots two threes a game, but averages 50%. Who am I going to be guarding more on the three-point line? The guy that only takes two threes or the guy that takes 10, right? So the first thing I looked at with Murray when I saw how poor his three-point percentage was, was, well, how much of his offense actually comes from the three-point line? Only 19% of his offense comes from that three-point line. The rest of it comes from mid-range and at the rim. Now, part of that is Greg Popovich's system, very much a mid-range-based offense just because of the personnel he has and the era that he grew up coaching, the mid-range reign supreme in San Antonio. So my biggest issue here is, one, you're getting a guy that's basically Marcus Smart, but you're going to have to teach him how to shoot. You're going to have to build that confidence up from free. Now, you did that with Marcus already to the point where it was overconfident, you know what I mean? Where this dude's yeah. shooting from free when he really shouldn't be shooting from free. I, I just don't think, like, if you're bringing in a point guard of the future, you want this guy as a legitimate three-level scorer straight off the bat. You want him at the rim, in the mid-range from free. You want him comfortable taking, scoring, and distributing the ball from multiple levels instantly. Murray isn't going to give you that off the bat. He's going to hunt his shot in the mid-range where... of all his shooting attempts came from. He's going to kind of close, you know, if you close out on Murray from the three, he's happy because now you can get him to that mid-range. His assist percentage was another thing that I took a look at. How much of his ball handling and um, offensive load ended up in an assist? Um, His 32nd percentile, that's one of, like, you know, the bottom 32% in the league for uh, usage rate to assists. So I'm just like, yo, Marcus Smart to me is probably giving you more production in terms of a grand schematic production. And that's why I'm kind of like, yo, I mean, if you got to give up a Romeo Langford and a and a Rob Williams, so two really high ceiling guys that haven't produced yet, but well, Rob has to a degree, but you know that these guys have higher ceilings. Do you really want to lose them for for Murray? That's going to, you know, you put him and Marcus Smart together in the backcourt. Are you, what, where, where's your, where's your spacing coming from? Right, right. But, but your defense upgrades, right? And so they can create spacing. They can create transitional points, right? Yeah, for sure. But teams will know that. And what teams will do is they will make sure that they they sag off after shots to get back and kill those transition opportunities. 
<laughs> I believe Adam works for the Celtics. I wish, man. I wish. This dude has all. He's like the 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 Celtics encyclopedia, bro. Like he he has it going on. And so now, what what were you saying? They they they're gonna how how do you counter that? So like, if you know that a team's a, a transition scoring team. Then what you do is you don't crash boards after shots. You you you. Oh, you just get back. You just get back and you now leak. try. Yeah, that's now, what we call it here, bro. We call it leaking. Because yeah, when we play two K and you play five on five at the wreck, it it be leakers on that joint. And you be like, oh, these guys are corny, man. All they do is leak. Yep, taking you clean. Because now all of a sudden, as soon as you get back up the court after that rebound, you know, because the best form of um the best form of transition defense is to make your shots. Make your shots. There's no transition. So your best transition defense is to score. Second best transition defense is don't crash the boards. Just leak back out, get back, and force teams to beat you in the half court. Now, when you've got a backcourt of Marcus Smart and Murray, that spacing issue all of a sudden becomes a huge problem because teams aren't going to respect Murray from free. They're going to respect Smart because Smart has the attempts per game to make you respect him. Forget the, the amount he converts. You know he's shooting that free. But people will snag off Murray. They'll disrespect that shot. And they'll force him to make them respect that shot. And I'm just like, yo, for, for that type of money, for 15, 16, 17 million a year as it's increasing... I'm just like, there's better options available. Like, you, you can't be willing to spend that on Murray, but not be willing to try and go and get Rubio that's going to be your best playmaker. Ooh, I team. knew we couldn't escape an episode without mentioning uh, a Ricky Rubio reference. Listen, that, I feel like he's so high on your list, but he fits. Yeah, like, he can't score neither, dude. But at the end of the day, teams have to push up on it. Like, teams have to respect him because he's going to drive and facilitate. Murray's driving to take a shot that's not going to be, like, there. You know what I'm saying? Rubio's driving with the intention of finding someone to catch that ball and attack on the rip-through, whereas Murray's driving to try and score. Uh, I just feel like that money, If um, you know, if it's not Rubio, you can go and get a Patty Mills. You can find a way of bringing in a Patty hey, Mills. Another, another spur. There's other options available that fit what the Celtics need a lot more than what Murray does. It's just that Murray has a big enough name and uh, enough cachet in the league to be a sexy acquisition. And I don't feel like he actually Ooh. fills a need. Ooh, choice of words. Sexy acquisition. Do the Celtics need a sexy acquisition? I feel like they've been trying to go with the Celtic, the, the sexy acquisitions and they just not, they haven't panned out. Kyrie, Kimba. Like, they just haven't panned out. Not saying he's at that caliber, but he's the name, right? He has a name. Hmm. Hmm. That's, that's something to think about out there. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, look, he's out there trolling. I like the way you put it. Will he be a Celtic? Have no idea. He does have ties to the head, to head coach. You know, he, he's played for him. Uh, it, it, it's a possibility that might that it might go down, but I'm hoping that you know Udoka watches this episode. We got to find a way for him to watch it so he can hear Adam say, "Why would I tr- get rid of if I have a Marcus Smart? Why do I need a Murray for wingspan? That doesn't make any sense because we do know that Smart brings the intangibles to the game as well. So yeah, he's going to take those three point attempts, but he's also going to play a style of defense which I felt was a little bit lackluster last season. But I think it gets back to that because now you're going to be bringing you got Al Horford back. You got, you know, you got some good old defensive solid key pieces on that team. And I think that the team is going to get back to what it was, especially with a defensive minded coach. And I think their defense is going to turn things into offense uh, for the Celtics. 
Yeah, I mean, look, the one good thing about Murray, Murray is he will push the pace. I do feel like um, part of these three-point shooting issues are due to the system he's playing in. I don't want to be completely negative to him. Um, you know, you're playing. Uh, we go with negative Nelly, man. That's better on a jersey. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, but what I was saying was like, a, you know, systematically, he's been asked to play that mid-range game. He's been asked to hunt shots in the mid-range. That's the, that's that's the scheme that he's mm-hmm. playing in. I think that moving him to Boston will possibly open up other scoring opportunities, other offensive opportunities, and we might see a different side of Murray's skill set that we, he's just been shackled so far. But the problem you have is that takes time to re- rediscover your scoring touch from deep because it's not something you've been asked to do. It takes time to bed in and start to understand your new role. And I just, uh, for me, the Celtics need somebody that can come in and just play a role of scoring on three levels, playing even just as a system defender. You have your point of attack defense. You have Marcus Smart. You have Jalen Brown for the bigger wings. You have your off-ball guy in um, Jason Tatum. Then you have your rim protection in Rob Williams, Moses Brown, Tristan Thompson, if you get a guard that's just a systematic defender that you ask to play the helplines, to play, to be your help defense, to be a guy that switches off of the best scorer on the opposing team, to take up somebody that's just a shooter and he's reliable at closing out and contesting shots, that's all you really need. You don't need to bring in Murray for the rebounds because Jason Tatum's improved as a rebounder. Brand's improved as a rebounder. You so still I got just, Tristan Thompson, who's still a got rebounder. Thompson. Yeah, Rob yeah. Williams. I yeah. just don't see the, the... He just doesn't fit what I personally believe the team needs. All right. And there you have heard it first right here on Seabreeze Podcast from the one and only Adam Taylor, NBA. He's telling you he is not a fit for the Boston Celtics. Speaking of fit, Adam, here's the question, right? Now, you kind of threw this question at me. And you said, said Breezy. I said, yes, sir. You said, look, other than point guard or wing, which position do you feel the Celtics should go out and acquire, right? Which position do you think needs to come in here and kind of like fulfill the role of the team? And so I have two players. I can care less what these positions are, but I'm going to mention these two players. And from these two players, you're going to try to find me players other than these two players that the Celtics need on this team. All right. Player number one. Are you ready? Player number one. This guy right here. All right. Marcus Morris. Why Marcus Morris? When you talk three and D, this is what he did. He shoot three. He played defense. He was space setter on the floor. He was a guy that was gritty. He would get into people's faces. You saw the video lurk today. The video where he, uh, um, Joel Embiid was just like trying to talk trash, and all he did, oh, and three. Y'all down three games, bro. You can talk all the. Tra- the Celtics are missing attitude. I love Marcus Smart, but it, he doesn't bring, he brings the heart. There's a difference between heart and attitude. That was attitude for Marcus Morris. How can we replace, replenish a person like that on this team? Because that's what we need. Attitude. I don't care what the position is. Find me an attitude player. Robert Covington? Ooh. Ooh. Free agent, though? It wouldn't need to be Port. I'm not too sure. I'd have to. I look at his contract now. But Portland are going to be one of these teams that are looking to make some changes anyway. So Robert Covington could be a guy that's available. Let me have a look where we are with his contracts. <laughs> My man Roy says he's a, a, a chucker. Hey, look. So he's got I'm... one year left on his deal. So his value is going to be low anyway. Sorry, continue. 
No, 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 no. I talk about Robert Covington. I, I, I always hated him because of what he did, what he would do to the Celtics. There's certain players that play extra better when they play against the Celtics. I don't know if you noticed that, and he's one of them. Like he, like he, he knows how to light us up. And he plays good D too. He's got that chip on his shoulder. He'll play a bit hard. He'll make sure that, you know, he's not going to give you Marcus Morris level swagger in terms of like that, that attitude on the floor. But he's no pushover neither, you know. He'll get in guys' faces. He'll he'll play injured. He spent most summer this year playing in a mask because of a nose injury. Mm. Like, uh, he, you know, there's games where he went like, uh, I think there was a game where he went six for six or six for seven from deep, free and deep to the core, um, available again. He's earning similar money. Yeah, twelve million dollars. Now you know he's earning the similar money to Javante Murray. So I'd much rather Robert Covington. There you go. You know what I'm saying? He comes in and fills that need. Would be happy to come off the bench. Did it for Portland this year. I just that to me makes a lot more sense, and he fits the need uh, and fits what the question you asked about Marcus Morris. And speaking of three and D, and speaking of more of a. In my opinion, a better comparison to a Robert Covington, because I like that. Here's another guy. This is a guy that the Celtics are missing. All right. And so let's talk about the he he should be NBA Finals MVP. When they win it between him, I know it's gonna go to Chris Paul. But this guy right here, even though Chris Paul is the general of the team, this guy is the glue. And the Celtics once had a Jay Crowder. I really feel the Celtics developed this guy. His attitude. You know what he brings? If Marcus Morris brings attitude, Jay Crowder brings grit. Find me a gritty player like Jay Crowder. Hmm. Has to be a wing. Doesn't. It doesn't. I just want a gritty player. See, that's my thing. I don't care about the position. I just want the style from these players. Grit, grit defense. Uh, it is. With a three-point shot, all of a sudden. Three-point shot. Yeah, I have to go over former Celtic, and people are going to laugh at me, man, but Kelly Olynyk comes to mind. Um, Aaron Baines is another guy that will come to mind. Um, you could go, maybe Larry Nance Jr. could come to mind. Um, now, how hard would it be to be able to acquire Larry Nance Jr.? Even though he's, 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 he's coming I mean, off injury, too. Yeah, the, the Cavs, I don't think it would be too tough, to be quite honest with you. What's he earning? Let's have a look at his contract. I, don't think, I think he's a realistic option. And he's a good flyer, good D guy. Guess what he can do now all of a sudden? Shoot a three. How do I know? He played against the Celtics. <laughs> it's just like, where does this guy come from? Dude is only 10 million next year. That's more than achievable. Yeah. Look, we got players like... So Roy says, I wish Grant would be that guy. You know, like... I mean, yeah, but like, okay, so one of the best comps for Grant Williams is PJ Tucker, right? Ooh, we forgot to talk about that. <laughs> and I think that with, with PJ Tucker, when you look at it, like PJ struggled in the league early. Then PJ had to go abroad and play abroad for a while, then come back to the league after refining his game and then start to earn. So he was a late bloomer. Draymond Green is another comp who didn't start off as good as what he is now. These tweeners take a bit longer to develop, similar to Biggs, in finding their niche within an offense, finding their fit within a, within the NBA as, as, as a whole. So I think that Grant could eventually be that guy. But straight off the bat, no, I'm not too sure. Um, Tim, what's up, Tim? Saying it fits into the Hayward TP, no problem. So you can bring um, Larry Nance Jr. in and only send out a portion of that salary. You could Carson Edwards and a, and a pick. 
it, it's super easy to bring him in. How how likely the Cavs have him up? Another question. You know, when I'm here, box of Colin Sexton being on luck, I'm pretty sure Larry Nance Jr. is a, a quite acquirable, quite achievable. Yeah, and they're looking to. It looks like they're trying to break down. Get rid of certain contracts on that team. They're trying to move him. Uh, uh, Sexton, you just mentioned. They're also trying to move. Um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Power forward, Kevin Love. Kevin Love. They're That's trying an to move Albatross I, deal, dude. I call I call him Dude Love. Dude Love. They're trying to move this dude, man. Like they're trying to get in that contract is ridiculous. But like it looks like that the Cavs are kind of seeing the light. And so John V is a Cavs guy. He does not want us touch Larry Nance like he does <laughs> like that's the one player yeah I saying, mean you got Darius Garland dude that's what they're trying to build around right now they've they've gave Garland and Sexton time to flourish together you had the the rise of Sexland you've had the fall of Sexland and now they've decided that hey Darius Garland is our guy and now Sexton's available for trade so I think that if you're moving on from Sexton and you're starting to see Darius Garland as one of your core pieces, then maybe you start to look to build a team that's a bit younger to grow alongside Garland, which means Larry Nance might be an odd fit out there. Uh, maybe they'd ask for somebody like a Romeo Langford back or an Aaron Smith, or they'd want to take a flyer on like, you know, the one player the Celtics have that, you know how you were just saying there's players out there that play well against just the Celtics. Chris Middleton, mm-hmm. I'm looking at you. Carson Edwards plays well only against the Cavs. Go and take that's Carson a, Edwards, dude. That's a great. That's a great. You you know what? You're you're a hundred percent correct now that I think about it. He shoots really well and gets to the basket. The only time you play as well, dude. You keep Carson Edwards for when you play the Cavs. The thing you is, know no why? Disrespect, John, but the Cavs aren't good right now. It's got to be the speed of the game. Sexton is really fast. Carson probably likes to, to play faster than what he is. Or the game is he's playing too fast and he won't allow the game to like come to him. I think we kind of talked about that uh, a while back. And so I, I, that's just his struggles with the Celtics, man. And so I can see them moving him if need be. Other than that, I see him on the team. And if you can get some threes out of him, good. I just think that, you know, going into a conversation with the Cavs, it's going to be centered around a young piece. So do you, how do you feel about Robert Williams? Do you think he's going to re-sign? Is he going to be worth re-signing? If not, could you offer him in a package for Larry Nance because you have Moses Brown now? Maybe you use Moses Brown as the trade bait. There's so many avenues the Celtics could take because that end of the bench, that like there's like five or six guys that are young and that would fit alongside Darius Garland in terms of developmental time and... Um, being able to build um, a timeline around Garland, that that would be one of the reasons if they were looking to move on from Larry Nance that you could do it. Yeah. John V says, Adam, would you trade the third pick we got? In this year's draft, no chance whatsoever. Uh, This draft is ridiculously good. Let's have a look who's mocked to go third. Um, For anyone that Tanker, fun. For anyone listening, friends don't let friends use um, draft.net. <laughs> so always use Tanker Fun when looking at your draft stuff. All right. Um, let's have a look at the mark. We'll make sure we put that let that site in the in the. So in you've the got Jalen Green projected to go third. Jalen Green is going to be an all-star multiple times. Having that backcourt of Jalen Green and Darius Garland is going to be ridiculous for you. You keep that third round pick, and now you you know. So now you you could effectively depending on what the Celtics want to do, you could end up with um, Darius Garland, Jalen Green, um, a Romeo Langford or a Robert Williams type of core that you want to develop over the next few years. That is a great exchange for a Larry Nance Jr. Depending on how the Celtics value Romeo or 
Rob Williams, or it could be um, a Grant Williams. You could have the Darius Garland, Jalen Green, Grant Williams court. There's so many options that could happen there. So no, no chance on earth would I trade that third round pick unless it's bringing me back an absolute stud. All right. And I like that scenario. So here it is to you, Adam. Scenario is this. You just mentioned it. Uh, The Cleveland Cavaliers are ready to offer you Larry Nance Jr. uh, for Robert Williams and I don't know, whatever. Carson Edwards. Are you making that trade? Yes. Whoa. Yes, I think that... Well, you have to explain why. You can't just be like, yes, and be like, I'm out. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> you Carson can... Edwards, for me, has no role on this team. I agree. I agree. Um, so that's that. Grant Williams... Oh, sorry, Robert Williams would hurt a lot. My outlook there is you've missed over 100 games in your younger NBA career. There's no guarantee that you're going to stay healthy. You have chronic knee issues. We know that your minutes are going to need to be managed regardless of how healthy you get. We know that your upside is ridiculous, but we also know that your inability to stay healthy is probably not going to allow you to reach that full ceiling. So by doing so to bring back a veteran that's going to fill a need for the Celtics, you've already got a ready-made replacement, a young big in Moses Brown to take over from Rob Williams. Um, I wouldn't, I'd much rather prefer it be someone other than Rob, to be quite honest with you. I'd much rather say you know, um, Grant Grant Williams plus just Grant, Grant Williams and a pick. You know, because you've got the TPE, so you don't need to match the salary to bring Larry Nance in. Um, But if Rob Williams tells you, like, he says to Brad Stevens, like, hey, I'm not signing an extension. I want to test free agency. All right, then, dude, you can hit the bricks. I'm going to bring in Larry Nance Jr. But again, you're going to have the same issues because Nance is on it. I think he only has one year left on his deal, too. So it, I don't know. I'd be really torn there. I think there's better um, better options available for Rob. I think you're going to get more in return for Rob Williams than what you Okay. Would. You know, you got, you, you're got selling low, bringing in Larry Nance Jr. there. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Adam, I hope you enjoyed yourself, man, because you sat here and answered just about every question that came your way. Uh, Much better than what I would have did. I would have just made everybody laugh. But you definitely hit the nail on the head. I really like your Rob Williams scenario. If that was to go down, um, I'm hoping that it doesn't. But I'm kind of with you. Like, I'm... The only reason why I would trade Wild Williams for anything, and I'm hoping I would get more in return for his upside, because his injuries do kind of like settle in. And maybe the Celtics know something that we don't know about the injury. They're really good at kind of like owning in on like keeping stuff under the wraps until it's trade time. And then all of a sudden you hear the stuff. Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie, Kimba, like you really don't hear much about the injuries. Um, And then after the trade goes down or after the release of the player, whatever, next thing you know, this person can't play the same level of basketball again. So the Celtics are pretty good at hiding certain things. But with Rob Williams, we need him on the court. The Celtics are better with him on the court. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's their best one. He has the potential to be a top five passing big man in the league. And wow. what I mean by that, as a, just as a passer, not many bigs are great passers. You have Bam Adebayo's an exceptional ball distributor. Um, obviously, Nikola Jokic, Al Horford is up there too. Um, Embiid's Rob a Williams, pretty good passer too. Yeah, Embiid's a good passer. There's a few big men out there that can pass the rock. I think Rob Williams can hang with the best of them in another year or two of consistent development. Um, it's just whether or not he's going to be available enough to develop. 
That's the question. There you have it, man. Guys, we want to thank Adam for being on the show. Adam, tell everybody where they can go and follow you because you do not only are you writing and producing for Celtics Blog Podcast, you have your own thing going on. So let everybody know where they can go. And everybody that's watching on Twitch and YouTube, follow Adam Taylor NBA right now. Drop what you're doing. Pick up your phone. Hit the like, subscribe, bell, all that good stuff. Adam, tell them. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. So you can find me anywhere. Um, Twitter, Instagram, um, YouTube, that's pretty Reddit, wherever you want to look for me at Adam Taylor NBA. Uh, if you want to hear me ramble about the Celtics, which I do three times a week, um, open up your podcast app, find search Celtics blog, anything with the title starting with Celtics pod. That's me. Um, try and do my best for everybody there. Try and break down the game as fairly and without green tinted glasses as possible. Uh, and then I'll produce stuff. You know, if you just follow me on social media, you'll see me producing random stuff left, right, and center. Yeah, Appreciate you, John. Team. Thank you, brother. Guys, thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode of Sea Breeze. Make sure you tune in next week. We should be back by a regular scheduled time. But if not, I'll be having another guest on and we're going to continue to keep this moving. Hopefully to be some extra Celtics news. Shout out to Jason Tatum for taking rest too, by the way. We, we do appreciate you saying, hey guys, usually I don't do this, but uh, I'm going to take the night off and let USA do their thing. So it's been real, Adam. Thank you so much for being on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Till next week. We see y'all, man. Make sure y'all keep it breezy. We out, y'all. Peace. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. Please follow and subscribe on twitch.tv backslash Wayne Breezy. Also on YouTube, YouTube backslash Wayne Breezy.